Today's Bible reading is from Luke chapter 20. One day, as Jesus was teaching the people in the temple courts and proclaiming the gospel, the chief priests and scribes, together with the elders, came up to him. Tell us, they said, by what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? I will also ask you a question, Jesus replied. Tell me, John's baptism, was it from heaven or from men? They deliberated among themselves and said, Well, if we say from heaven, he'll ask, Why did you not believe him? But if we say from men, All the people will stone us, for they are convinced that John was a prophet. So they answered that they did not know where it was from. And Jesus replied, Neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. Then he proceeded to tell the people this parable. A man planted a vineyard, rented it out to some tenants, and went away for a long time. At harvest time, he sent a servant to the tenants to collect his share of the fruit of the vineyard. But the tenants beat the servant and sent him away empty-handed. So he sent another servant, but they beat him and treated him shamefully, sending him away empty-handed. Then he sent a third, but they wounded him and threw him out. What shall I do? asked the owner of the vineyard. I will send my beloved son. Perhaps they will respect him. But when the tenants saw the son, they discussed it among themselves and said, This is the heir. Let us kill him, and the inheritance will be ours. So they threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. What then will the owner of the vineyard do to them? He will come and kill those tenants and give the vineyard to others. When the people heard this, they said, May such a thing never happen. But Jesus looked directly at them and said, Then what is the meaning of that which is written? The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Everyone who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces, but he on whom it falls will be crushed. When the scribes and chief priests realized that Jesus had spoken this parable against them, they sought to arrest him that very hour. But They were afraid of the people, so they watched him closely and sent spies who pretended to be sincere. They were hoping to catch him in his words in order to hand him over to the rule and authority of the governor. Teacher, they inquired, we know that you speak and teach correctly. You show no partiality, but teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. Is it lawful for us to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus saw through their duplicity and said to them, show me a denarius whose image and inscription are on it? Caesar's, they answered. So Jesus told them, Give to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. And they were unable to trap him in his words before the people. And amazed at his answer, they fell silent. Then some of the Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, came to question him. Teacher, they said, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies and leaves a wife but no children... The man is to marry his brother's widow and raise up offspring for him. Now there were seven brothers. The first one married a wife, but died childless. Then the second and the third married the widow, and in the same way all seven died, leaving no children. And last of all, the woman died. So then, in the resurrection, whose wife will she be? For all seven were married to her. Jesus answered, The sons of this age marry and are given in marriage. But those who are considered worthy to share in the age to come, 
and in the resurrection from the dead will neither marry nor be given in marriage. In fact, they can no longer die because they are like the angels. And since they are sons of the resurrection, they are sons of God. Even Moses demonstrates that the dead are raised in the passage about the burning bush. For he calls the Lord the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living, for to him all are alive. Some of the scribes answered, Teacher, you have spoken well. And they did not dare to question him any further. Then Jesus declared, How can it be said that the Christ is the son of David? For David himself says in the book of Psalms, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Thus David calls him Lord. So how can he be David's son? In the hearing of all the people, Jesus said to the disciples, Beware of the scribes. They like to walk around in long robes, and they love the greetings in the marketplaces, the chief seats in the synagogue, and the places of honor at banquets. They defraud widows of their houses, and for a show make lengthy prayers. These men will receive greater condemnation. This is God's word. As we continue to read Luke's account of the final week of Christ's life, we read in today's chapter how Jesus' enemies tried various ways to discredit him. First, they challenged his authority in verses 1 through 8. Later, they considered arresting him in verse 19. But instead of arresting him, they spied on him and tried to trap him. We saw that in verses 20 through 26 and 27 through 40. Jesus responded effectively to all of their attacks. Then he told a damning parable, explaining why these religious leaders would suffer God's wrath for rejecting him. And that that was in verses 9 through 16. After he responded to their challenge about the resurrection, Jesus turned their minds to the scriptures, specifically Psalm 110, verse 1, which he quoted in verses 42 and 43 of our passage for today. Jesus had two questions for them based on this psalm. And remember that this was the teachers of the law that he's speaking to according to verse 39. Anyway, Jesus had two questions surrounding Psalm 110. The first question was, why do people say that the Messiah would be the son of David? And the second question was, since David called the Messiah Lord in Psalm 110 verse 1, how could the Messiah be his son? Until you know the answer, this seems like an unsolvable puzzle. On one hand, Messiah must be the son of David, according to the Davidic covenant. The Davidic covenant is recorded in 2 Samuel 7.16, which says, Your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. For that promise to be fulfilled, the Messiah must be a descendant of David. And so that's on one hand. He must be a descendant of David. But on the other hand, why would David call one of his descendants Lord? Usually the chain of respect goes up from the descendants to the patriarch, not the other way around. So to state the problem again, how could Messiah be David's descendant and yet be David's Lord? How is that possible? The answer is that Jesus was both human and divine. As a man, Jesus shared a legal tie to David through Joseph, his adoptive father, as we saw in Matthew 1, and a blood connection to David through Mary, his mother, as we saw in Luke chapter 3. 
But because Jesus is God, he is Lord over everything as creator. That is taught in Micah 5.2, where it says, But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come one for me who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. Jesus would come out to be ruler over Israel from Bethlehem, as Micah 5.2 says. But his origins are of old, from ancient times, according to Micah 5.2 again. In other words, his origins are from eternity. So here we have, in this passage, a picture, a complete picture of Jesus. He is human, and therefore David's son, his descendant. But he's also God, and therefore he's also David's Lord. Although the world did not receive Jesus for the Lord that he is in his first coming, he will return again to complete his work and establish his kingdom. This gives us something to be happy about today. Whatever difficulties we suffer today are temporary because Jesus will return and be our king. And so I hope that encourages you today as you walk with the Lord and as you live for him. And would you consider, if you like these devotionals, would you consider signing up to receive them every day in your email? The links to these videos are there in the email each day, and you can do that by going to dailypbj.com subscribe. Also, would you consider becoming a financial supporter so that I can make more content and reach more people with God's word online? Go to dailypbj.com support if you'd like to do that. You could also share this devotional with someone you love who might learn something from it and grow in their faith as a result. I hope you have a great day. We'll see you next time.